0: Episode 76, As Long As Life Shall Last.
1: This is the One Extraordinary Marriage Podcast, home of the Seven Days of Sex Challenge, featuring your hosts, the authors of the groundbreaking new book, Stripped Down, Tony and Elisa DiLorenzo.
0: Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. You're here with Alisa DiLorenzo.
2: And Tony DiLorenzo.
0: Wanna welcome you back. We're here in the first week of June, which means for some of you, the kids are already out of school, and for others, like us, the kids will shortly be out of school. And
2: And I just celebrated my 38th birthday. I know I look young and dapper and probably could be taken for my 20s, but I'm well into my late 30s.
0: (laughs) You used the word dapper. I know, what's wrong with dapper? I, I guess dapper just isn't a word I think of. I think. <laughs> dapper. Yeah. Wow. Yep. <laughs> that totally threw me. The whole Dapper thing. I I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. We um had a lot going on this week. Lots. Yeah. Um lots going on with Facebook fans as well. And I wanna give a special shout out to Monica and David. Um mm-hmm. They are fans of ours on Facebook and have recently um, been in contact with us quite a bit and, and have really um, embraced in their marriage the idea that spouses should come before kids, you know, in that hierarchy you know, when we talk about chapter one in the book and we talk about from the top down, you know, God, your spouse, and then your children. And they did something really um, kind of out of the box this weekend. They both posted on their own um, Facebook pages this idea. They proposed this idea to their friends and had probably combined over a hundred responses We're pretty close to it. Um, I think David had close to 50 or 60 and Monica had, you know, 30 or 40 and there was quite a bit of conversation and I really, I want to applaud them for putting that out on their pages. Um, we put a lot of stuff out, you know, week in and week out, and we've kind of gotten used to getting blasted one way or another. Um, but that doesn't necessarily always happen with our fans, and so that takes a lot of courage to put out something that becomes so inflammatory in your circle of friends, and you really see where people stand on one side of the fence or the other. And, um, in fact, one of their one of David's friends asked if he had joined a cult when he mentioned that you know he was listening to our podcast. Um, And if that's the case, then you know what, this is a cult I don't mind being in one that, you know, supports marriage and, you know, all of the wonderful things that marriage can be when you make your marriage the focus. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just a shout out to David and Monica um, for doing that and for having to endure some pretty um, inflammatory responses. Mm -hmm. You know, they had some very loving ones um, more so on Monica's page (laughs) than on David's, but You know, what was neat was, you know, towards the end of the day and we're recording this on Sunday, um, Monica put a post on David's page, you know, just really focusing on how the two of them are together Mm -hmm. in this, in this, um, what's the word I'm looking for in this philosophy and in this journey that, you know, their marriage comes before the kids because if their marriage is the focus, the kids will reap the benefits of that solid foundation in their lives. And it was really neat to, with all the comments that have been posted back and forth to see those that kind of be the conclusion mm-hmm. at the end of the day. So
2: And what an impact they're having in their own community. Mm-hmm. And each, each and every one of you can do that. When you make a change in yourselves and your marriage and you start to look at your marriage as being a priority after God, you'd be amazed at how people start to look at you and you may get kickback, but it's all worth it because by by continuing on, you're going to impact others mm-hmm. because they are going to see you. You are their light in their dark, dark world. And we need you people like you out there. We need you to be that light.
0: Well, and it's so interesting that you made that comment right there because I had just finished reading this book called um, Secret Daughter by... This is an Indian name, so I apologize in advance because I will probably not pronounce it correctly. Shilpi Somaya Gowda. And I'm going to read a couple quotes. You know, there's a marriage that's in trouble in this book, and one of the things that she says is, a slight shift in perspective, one small change in focus might have made the difference. And Monica and David are a perfect example of that, of, you know, when they changed their focus, when they changed their perspective, suddenly they're seeing the difference that's making in their marriage. They're living that out. And there was another line in here um, that just as you look at your marriage, if you guys are in a not-so-good place this week, this was a quote that really just kind of jumped out the page for me, or to me. It said, Her mother had always said the key to a successful marriage was for each spouse to give as much as they thought they possibly could, and then... To give a little more, somewhere in that extra giving, in the space created by generosity without scorekeeping, was the difference between marriages that thrived, and those that didn't. And I just thought, oh my gosh, what a powerful statement! And this is a, this is a fictionalized, um, it's a novel, and you know, I think about, I thought about that, you know, in our own marriage. You know, when we stop keeping score you know okay he washed the dishes tonight so i've got to wash the dishes tomorrow night or i took out the garbage so he owes me you know cleaning up the kitchen and putting the kids to bed and um you know it's okay well who's coming home late tonight or who has to leave early you know and you start you know you've got this tally sheet going on in your head when you scrap all that and just come at it from a spirit of service you know that's when your marriages start to thrive and so I just wanted to share it. We'll have a link to that book. It was a really good book on a number of different levels, but this marriage that struggles and eventually um, makes it out to the other side is a central part of the book. And, you know, there were just a lot of good messages about marriage there.
2: Cool. And, yeah. and I know from my own, from my own self and how, you know, that was a big part of me years ago. I, I would sit here and go, okay, well I'm doing the dishes now. So at least I better put the kids to bed or, you know, she she bathed them, so I need to do this. And, you know, once I got past that, I finally realized, wow, how much more joy I have in my own life.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Because I wasn't trying to keep this tally sheet in my head and a tick for tat. And, you know, and it just, it takes time to get over that. And it's just like anything new that you need to learn. A habit needs to be broken and a new one needs to be formed. And for myself, it was just, realizing every time I was doing the dishes or whatever I had to do around the house, Elisa didn't have to respond with something else. I was doing it because I was a part of this family and I'm an integral part of this family and I need to step up and do my piece be it working, be it washing the dishes or cleaning the toilets. It's all a cl- it's all an integral part. And yes, I do clean the toilets. Don't smirk at me like that. <laughs> now we have our kids do it for yeah. us.
0: <laughs> I, pay, I pay the kids to clean the toilets. Yep, you do. That's a whole other story. That's a whole other story. Um, this podcast is called As Long As Life Shall Last. Yep. And this was part of our wedding vows. Mm-hmm. Um, when I met with the minister as we were planning our wedding. Um, I wasn't there. You weren't there. I don't, you were don't, working. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, you know, we were talking about the wedding vows and, you know, going through them line by line. And I um, got to the line where, in, you know, some cases, couples will say, until death do us part. Mm-hmm. And the minister felt really strongly and shared it in a way that he's like, you know what? We're not going to look to the end. You know, it, w- it was more a positive spin that as long as life lasts, we are partners, mm-hmm. we are joined. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I actually heard, was it Harry's sermon? This Who was talking about death being a beginning?
2: That was last week.
0: That was last week, okay. Um, you know, death is the beginning of the next journey. And, but in this life, we are married as long as life shall last. And those of you that are fans of ours on Facebook, know that um, on Tuesday one of Tony's closest cycling buddies was killed in a there's no other way to say it a freak cycling accident Mm -hmm. and um, there was really nothing else for us to talk about this week because it has had such an impact on Tony and on our marriage and we're seeing it on our children Mm-hmm. Um, and so we want to talk about marriages as long as life shall last we want to talk about being prepared um, there are just some things and you know and this is also an honor to their friendship um, Tony was quoted as saying you know we were just two husbands that talked about I forget the exact quote, but
2: uh, family, families and friends and what we want to accomplish in life.
0: And you know, I read that quote and thought about all of the bike rides. Um, these guys have gone on I mean, they've, they've literally logged thousands of miles together on a tiny little hard bicycle saddle, you know, with depending on which one was weighing his bike that week, probably 15 to 16 pounds of bicycle. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was such a tribute to Nick that Tony said we're just two husbands and i don't know how conscious you were of making that statement to the reporter but you put that marriage relationship first it wasn't we were two guys it wasn't you know we were buddies we were two husbands mhm the marriage and the family I mean, that's who you guys were on your bikes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, um, it's had, it's had a dramatic impact on our marriage. I mean, Tony today is like, you know, I didn't know when he was going to get back on the bike and he and another buddy, um, he, you know, I'm sitting around the house thinking I'm going to go get my nails done this morning. And he comes in and he's like, John and I are going to go, um, on a bike ride. And I literally felt like, you know, in the headlights. Like, are you kidding me? You're getting on your bike? And I said something to you as you were walking out the door that I have never asked you.
2: Was I wearing my dog tags?
0: Tony has a road ID. Um, tags that he wears on every single bike ride. I have never asked. I was on the phone with my friend um, who's also a cyclist and I have never asked Tony that question. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that, that's when I realized how... Affected, I've been by this because I just always take it for granted that you're coming home from a bike ride. Right. In fact, you were about 15 minutes later than I expected you this morning. And, you know, I was about this close to making the phone call going, okay, flat tire, chain off. What, you know, just where are you?
2: Well, I said an hour.
0: Yeah, no, you were a little bit later. Not much. No. But,
2: hmm.
0: but if it's, You know, it's that acknowledgement that, you know, my husband, I mean, Nick was riding home from work and, um, there's a bike path that runs through, you know, San Diego where we are that seemingly is pretty safe. I mean, the guys are, you know, 15, 20 feet from the freeway and Nick was in the wrong place through no fault of his own. Um... You know, up an embankment, fifteen feet behind a chain link fence, and
2: yeah, it's just. At doing a lot of talking because I've been doing a lot of crying. So, thank you for doing that. It's just been tough, and so. Um, gosh, you know I haven't felt this hurt and this much hurt since Andrew died. And for all of you who've heard that story, I think it's in episode four. I talk a lot about the grieving process. And um, I feel uh, just as much as, just blindsided just as much now as I was then. Uh, Luckily the the hurt and the anger isn't as much against Elisa because that's, And it's great that our relationship is where it's at because I can really just fall into her and allow her to pick me up when I'm feeling like crap. A lot of it right now is, and has been just a question of why. And as a believer, you you sit here and you, you just go, what the heck, God? What the heck are you thinking, dude? I mean, Here's a guy, um, gosh, just beautiful kids, wonderful wife, um, has it going on, just a a vibrant personality, somebody you loved being around. Um, And like Elisa said, thousands of miles logged. I mean, Nick and I would drive anywhere from two hours to nine hours to get to one way to get to a ride You know, we, we logged not only miles on our bikes, but miles in our cars where we would just talk about life and man, we would just have just good times. And so when things like this hit, my question is why God, why did you take a 40 year old husband and father, dear friend away? And I will tell you, it hurts, it hurts. Um, and I've had times already where I've, I've been in my garage, and you guys know I have my, my office out there, and I've been alone, be it everybody was away, and just yelling in there and crying, sobbing, just wondering why. And so how do we pull this all back into our marriages? And how do we, how do we make it through? And tonight I'm going to talk to you a little bit about where I am and how Elise and I have been able to make it through this week. And one of the best and the greatest thing is that I have a wife who's willing to listen and just lay down everything that was going on in her busy life and her day when when the news hit and just was able to just comfort me And there wasn't a bunch of questions and asking me why but she just sat there and listened and that was one of the best things i could have ever asked for and i think sometimes we both husbands and wives when things like this happen we we, we want to dig in deeper and we want to get the questions answered quickly and readily and we want to just sort of get it all taken care of and move on. And I got to say, I'm thankful that Elisa just listened, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to think of what else has happened this week that that's been one of it. Well, another thing for me as a guy, and this is a couple days, it, this happened on Tuesday. My birthday was Thursday, so it wasn't that great of a birthday to tell you the truth. It was great because I got a massage from Elisa and I got my Venti Starbucks cup, like the uh, the plastic ones that they sell from the kids. So that's really cool. So that put a that put a good smile on all my face.
0: And he's been nothing but possessive of that cup since he got it.
2: That's right, it's mine. And so and so I I've, I've been going through this grieving process as as many of you have gone through in your own lives. Um. It's just been it's just been wild. It's just been wild. I mean, Nick Nick had such a connection to the community and because of all of our cycling, the amount of guys we know, um gosh, it just runs it runs far and wide down here in San Diego. Mm-hmm. We're a pretty tight knit community and and so as Elisa was just listening to me, I became that listening for many guys who were trying to understand this themselves and so for a number of days there I would just be on the phone from you know anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour just allowing guys to talk and try to understand why this has happened um, so as that faded away, I don't want to say as it faded away, but as I was able to grasp and and pull my, put my arms around it, you know, the next thing I just wanted, I just wanted to have sex with Elisa. I I really just wanted to be close to her. I wanted to be connected with her, and we were able to do that on. I think it was on your birthday. Thursday morning, right? The kids were away. We did it in the morning. Yes, and so that was for me, part of this grieving and, and because it wasn't um you know something that happened directly to us, like our kids or, you know, our parents or something of that nature, um I, I just I needed that connection. I think as a guy, I needed that. I don't know if it was Elisa if that would have been the same thing. Um, but just as a guy and as a husband, I just really felt like I needed to be close to Elisa. And for me, that is the way I'm able to express and feel that closeness.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, and I, and I sensed that, I mean, it was really not like, okay. So, you know, back before 60 days of sex when Tony wanted sex and he hadn't had it for a while, you know, he'd get all gropey and I'd be like, okay, enough already. Let's just have sex. Like stop touching me all the time this was more this was more a connection on a deeper level that I sensed that he needed that physical closeness as as part of his grieving that he just needed to be physically close and you know it's been it's it's just been a journey this week and and we're still I mean the funerals this week coming up and um You know, there's been all of this, you know, the the stages of grief and, you know, just the shock of what happened and how it happened and the suddenness of it all. Um, You know, another couple from our church just recently went through a protracted illness where the husband died um, of a brain tumor a few weeks ago. And so, you know, as a wife, you know, suddenly seeing numerous women that I know, it's actually the oh, close to the one year anniversary of another um, right. freak right. accident. Uh, it was a preschool mom last year. Um, we actually podcast on that about a year ago. Um,
2: That's right. And
0: you know, all of a sudden I'm like, okay, you know what? As a wife, I'm a little just a little freaked out that all these women that I know, you know, wives and mothers, are suddenly being widowed. And yeah, at a young age. And, and, you know, so that's, you know, so like I said, when Tony goes out today, I'm like, are you wearing your tags? He always wears his tags. It was really a rhetorical question, but I needed to ask it. Right. And, you know, it's also been one of those things where ever since, um, and I was thinking about this the other day, t- or yesterday when I was out, five years ago, right about this time, Tony's cousin lost her husband. Yes. In a freak accident, a drowning And I was the first family member to be able to get to her because of where she lived and where we lived at the time and, you know, just mobilizing. And I was the first one there. And I walked that journey with her. Yep. I I, I was the one that was there for, you know, going to the funeral home and, you know, going to social security and starting to get things in place for the funeral. You know, I went to the, church for the funeral. I mean, I was the one doing all of these things with her and I got a bird's eye view of what life looks like when suddenly your husband isn't there anymore. And at that point in time, it was an eye-opening wake-up call to get our affairs in order.
2: Yes, that that was one of the big wake-up calls for us.
0: And on it from a personal business side of things those of you that are listening to this podcast and do not have your affairs in order should death happen you need to i'm going to be real honest with you you need to have your affairs in order and i'm talking wills and guardianship for your kids you know if you don't have life insurance you need to
2: yeah you definitely got to get that get that going folks um and for those stay-at-home moms, don't don't think you're you should have less life insurance than your spouse who's working. Um, we saw it when this happened to my cousin. Uh, her husband died, and he was a stay-at-home dad. Well, there was no, there was very little in life insurance, and because of that, it really messed up what was happening. Because my cousin, who was the primary um, breadwinner. Breadwinner wasn't able to work the way she thought she was going to be able to work because she was grieving and she wasn't working. Well, and she and was she,
0: also in real estate right at the real, beginning of the downturn.
2: Of the downturn, and so a bunch of stuff happened there. So, um, don't don't get less just because you're staying at home. I'll, I'll tell you this: if Elisa were to pass away, we have we have a life insurance policy that would make it so I don't ever have, have to work again. And that is the way I want it. And I'll pay that money now. I'll scratch and I'll make it happen, because I do not want to be in a position where I have to worry about having to bring in money when I'm trying to grieve. I'm grieving now for a very good friend, and I just cannot imagine. I just can't imagine how, you know, his wife is doing right now. You know, so uh, think about that. Really, do get. Another thing you need to really start thinking about, folks, is is your wills. Get them together. Mm-hmm. You know, find somebody in your community that does this. Ask around. If you have an insurance agent, ask ask them. It, uh, our insurance agent actually gave us the referral for our mm-hmm. for our attorney.
0: And, and for those of you that you know haven't heard talk about, it's called estate planning. Yeah, and like our estate attorney did everything. I mean, it was the whole package where it was, you know, the family trust. It was wills for both of us. It was guardianship for our kids. It was medical power of attorney, durable power of attorney. I mean, we li- signed so many documents. It was kind of like buying a house. I mean, not, mm-hmm. not to that same extent, but you know, you feel like it. And I, I remember looking at Tony after we signed everything and saying, I can die now.
2: Not that we want you to.
0: Not, not, And not that I want to, but it was the reality of knowing that if something happened to me, my wishes were made clear all the way around. Mm-hmm. That my children would be taken care of. And those of you that have kids, I can tell you right now, doing your guardianship papers will be one of the most difficult things. And it's the reason I... I personally know a number of families that have not taken care of these documents simply because they cannot get through the guardianship document. Right. Because of family loyalties and whose feelings are going to be hurt. And, you know, well, we don't like this. You know, one spouse doesn't like this person and get over it. Folks come to some kind of agreement and have at least two guardians named for your children. Mm -hmm. We have, you know, we have three, but even when I was talking to our attorney just for our annual review, she was like, really? She goes, we never get past the first two. Um, You owe it to your kids. You owe it to your spouse to have these documents in place. Because the reality is is they're not going to be in a position to think through Mm -hmm. the finances. And side note, so I went to the funeral home with Tony's cousin when her husband died, and if you've never had to go through that process, it is a ridiculously expensive deal. Deal, like you know, we start talking, and the thing is, I mean, this is your loved one that has died, and so you don't want to go cheap, but then they start quoting you these numbers that are, I mean, I think the original quote for for his, you know, funeral, you know, all the process and whatnot was over ten thousand dollars and you know all of a sudden you do that sharp intake because you know she was in a position where ten thousand dollars was a huge portion of money that she didn't have to lay out at that point in time
2: right
0: you know so even even then, you know immediately following one's death, I mean you're faced with these financial decisions that are overwhelming and can be paralyzing. If you don't, if you haven't had the conversation and trust me, it's not a fun conversation to have. It's not fun to talk through with your spouse. You know, what if I end up, you know, what if I'm in a car accident and I end up on life support? You know, what are my wishes? Do I have a do not resuscitate in our trust? and our medical power of attorney? Do I want to be cremated? Do I, you know, all of these things. Questions that your attorney is going to ask you and they're not comfortable. We are not comfortable as a society talking about death. Some no. of you may have even been thinking about, I don't know if I want to listen to the rest of this podcast. But the reality is, folks, you have to. It's inevitable. And if you don't want to leave your spouse in a really bad place, in addition to the grieving that they're already going through, you owe it to them to get your affairs in order. Tony knows my wishes if I end up in a hospital and the doctors have said there's nothing we can do. He knows what I want done to my body after I die. We both know who gets our kids if we both die. And you know what? Our kids know. Mm -hmm. As young as they are, they know, and when you have a situation like this, like we you know we didn't tell the kids immediately because they know Nick, they're close in age to Nick's kids, mm-hmm. and Tony wasn't ready to tell them when it first happened. We found ourselves in a situation on Friday where we had to tell them because there were some things coming up with the funeral that conflicted with some of the stuff with the kids, and so you know, I told Tony, I'm like, we have to tell them, we can't keep. It aside. We can't keep putting it aside, yeah. and you know Tony told each of the kids on his own that was something that he did with them. Um, but we're driving to church Saturday night, and the kids are the kids are having to process this, and you know they, especially Abby, has a really strong grasp of heaven. I mean, she knows that's where her brother is. She, you know, we talk about death, and she goes, "Well, at least I'll get to see Andrew." You know, like if I die first, I get to see Andrew for You know, she's got this whole like little competitive streak about getting to heaven. and um, But the kids are processing and they're asking, well, what happens if you're late picking us up? Like what happens if something happens to you and we're at school, you know? And so we start talking about their safe people and we well, what happens if you die? And we're like, y- you know who's going to be taking care of you and raising you if we die, you know? And so we talk through this because it's really important when your family is faced with the death of somebody that your children know, that your children have a plan. That they know that they're taken care of, that you have already thought through that for them because going through school, you know, they're going to know kids whose parents have died. Mm-hmm. You know, Abby was faced with this as a four-year-old when the father of one of her preschool friends died. We already had all of our documents in place. I could tell her that if something happened to her mommy and daddy, she was taken care of. But do you know how many of my girlfriends don't have this in place?
2: Well, I remember when that did happen with Lynn. I mean, there was a number of conversations you had with a lot of the moms there at the preschool.
0: Yeah, and and just, you know, well, we don't like to talk about it. And I'm like, you don't have a choice. Yeah, You don't have a choice. There is no guarantee. And I said this two years ago at the marriage retreat when somebody asked me about laundry and dirty dishes in the sink when we were even talking about doing our 60 Days of Sex Challenge. I remember telling one woman in particular, because she's like, well, what about the laundry and the dirty dishes? You know, don't you have to get to that? And I said, I can promise you that the laundry will be there tomorrow. The dishes will be there tomorrow, but I have no guarantee that he will be there tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We are not guaranteed our number of days.
2: And, and, and taken off of that note, God has our plan. God has the plan. We don't know it. You know, right. I, I, like I said earlier in the podcast, I've been questioning it. You know, Why? a freak accident folks i mean we're talking 10 pedal strokes less 10 pedal strokes more a minute at a stop sign anything and this would have not occurred i'm telling you i've ridden this path hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times it's probably one of the safest places on the path and so if you're sitting here now and you're listening to us and you're just going Well, it's not going to happen to me. You know what? I'm going to tell you something. You better have your life straight with God. You better have it straight with God now because you don't know. And like Elisa said, you don't know if you're going to have that chance tomorrow. And as morbid as that sounds, it's the truth. You just don't know. But I will tell you, either Elisa or I die tomorrow. I know where i'm going to find her i know that she'll be there hanging out with jesus on those gold roads when i when i show up there she'll be there because we have committed ourselves and our lives to christ and i hope you do the same because we want to see you up there and this isn't any joking matter i mean if you're sitting there and you're struggling you're going man but I've I've sinned, I've done this, I've done that, I do this, I I just can't, you know, I, I don't understand. Ask questions. Go ahead, ask. I'm telling you, I'm nowhere near perfect. And in the 11 plus years that I've been walking this Christian walk, I have had some major, major times when I've just sat there and gone, man, am I not worthy. But there was one guy, and his name's Jesus, and he hung himself upon a cross, or he allowed them to hang him on a cross to take our sins away, so that we can have eternal life. And I'm telling you, don't wait. Don't wait, because you just don't know when it's gonna happen. All right, well, I was looking at Elisa there, and no, just going just say something.
0: No, just- Just, you know, thinking through that. I mean, it's... um, We talk every week about making your marriage extraordinary. We talk about, you know, the little things that you can do on a daily basis. Um, Even in death, you can make your marriage extraordinary by caring for your spouses prior to dying by making sure, like Tony said, that you're right with God by making sure that you've taken care of all of your wills and trust. That is a huge gift to give your spouse
1: mm-hmm.
0: because you are not going to be there to hold their hand. You're not going to be there to say, it's going to be okay. So do the things before so that it's not so hard for them after. Because having walked that road with a family member, it would have been a lot easier for her. Mm -hmm. And for those of us trying to help her, I mean, there were so many little things that were made more difficult on a daily basis because this stuff wasn't set up mm-hmm. and you know, I don't know what Nick's, you know, we're not privy to that and mm-hmm. have no need to be, but I'm saying for, you know, take a look at your spouse. If you don't have the up, have one of those state of the marriage dates, where you say, you know what, I know this is going to be a hard one. I mean, just acknowledge that up front because let's face it, we don't want to talk about dying. Have a state of the marriage date and say, we need to get this taken care of. Yeah, We need to find an estate planner and, you know, figure out a way to pay for it. I mean, there are you know, prices range all over the board. Um, it, it will be the best money for the peace of mind that it will bring.
2: Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. That, that's, that's number one. You guys get that done. Actually, number one is get yourself right with God. Number two, make that happen. And, and I'd say number three, man, make your marriage extraordinary. Now, stop, stop bickering. Stop, stop the, the man, the cold shoulders. Stop, they, you did this, so you need to do that or whatever it might be, live, live happily, enjoy each other in whatever way it may be. I mean, if it's those date nights that really just give you guys such a high, then go take them, enjoy them. You know, if the physical intimacy is something that you both just so love and desire, you know, Do the seven days of sex challenge, have the intimacy lifestyle, find things that you guys just love to do together, make it happen. And I know we're all going to have hard times and we're all going to go through stuff, but I'll tell you one of our friends, um, Deb and sport, you know, I love what they do each and every night. I mean, they just wipe the slate clean, you know, it's done. And I still think about that. I mean, we were told that a couple years ago. And it's rare, a rare occasion if Elisa and I will go to bed upset at each other. And you know what? That is one of the coolest things I can say, mm-hmm. is that uh, you know, whatever happens today, I know by tonight, before I go to sleep, it's all taken care of, it's all cleaned off the slate, and we're good. You know, something happens tomorrow, it, it's all good. Because I don't want to go without knowing that I said I love you to Elisa or she knows that I, I love her. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things. And I hope and pray that, you know, we're talking about this, and like I said, it's a freak accident, and I hope it doesn't happen to anybody, honestly. I hope those of you who are listening, I hope Elisa and I live to the tender age of 80 or 90 years old and are just this old couple walking around that people are like, holy crap, look at those guys. They've been married 70 years. You know, that's that's my prayer, but I just don't know. I just don't know. And because of that, I know I can live my life to the fullest with her each and every day. Doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. Nope, nowhere near. I wish, but it's not going to happen. But I can at least attempt and know that we can be right and, and right ourselves when we're going down a bad path. You know what I'm saying, and so it's harsh, it's heavy. Death isn't something we want to talk about, but we just feel that this week has been one of those weeks where we have to talk about it. It's it's impacted our lives drastically, and it's uh, will most likely continue to impact us this next week as we lead up to Nick's memorial, and um. Ooh, I'm gonna be down there with, I'm hoping hundreds of cyclists that that I know and others that I don't know that knew Nick in some way or same some form while we were he was riding out there and that he met them or whatever it might be. So, just think about it, folks. Think about it. And if you got questions, I mean, ask. You know, if we're here. If we can't answer you, we'll try to get the answers and find folks that can answer it and then we can we can get that to you well, we don't ever um, say that we're experts in everything but we're good at and crafty at finding folks that are and uh, help you wade through some of this stuff and especially if you're just sitting there going man what's this whole thing about Jesus do I really need Jesus or I sort of believe but I sort of don't know you know let us know we, we want to see you when that day comes Mm -hmm. And we hope it's many, many years from now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, oh, um, it's not an easy topic. Nope. And yet it's one that we all need to discuss. And, you know, if you've got all your stuff together, I mean, if you're listening to this going, all right, we're good. We got the life insurance. We got the, the wills and stuff. Do your friends a favor.
2: Pass it along.
0: Pass it along. Stay at home moms. Think about your coverage. Think about what your husband would have to do or stay at home parents. Mm-hmm. Think about what your spouse would have to do in the event that you died. Because there are a lot of things that you do on a day to day basis that might not have a dollar amount attached to them until somebody else has to do it.
2: Yeah. And if you're looking for a great insurance agent, I gotta throw this out here. All right, throw it out. Uh, our, our insurance agent, Bruce, Hoff, Bruce Hoffbauer, loved the dude. He's been our agent for seven years now. He has all of our stuff. So if you live in California and you're not too sure, you don't know who to talk to, you can email us and I can get you Bruce's info. He's one of the coolest dudes when it comes to insurance. Um, I used to think they were, I was a little skeptical of all of them years ago so i would go to the big box type companies and i will not change because this guy man he loves his clients this guy exudes service and is always there and um so if you're looking for that by all means it's a it's a plug for him and i don't get anything from it you know we're not getting a commission if you go use bruce i'm just telling you he'll take care of you Mm
1: mm-hmm
0: I mean, we've, we've seen it time and time again. Yeah. And in fact, when I came in to uh, up my life insurance after Tony's cousin died, and he's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, and I told him, I said, this, this is the reality. And, you know, he listened. And instead of saying, no, you really don't need that, when I presented my argument, he said, you know what, that makes a lot of sense.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we actually doubled Elisa's. At that almost point tripled time. it. Almost tripled it at that time. So, all right. So that's it, you guys. You know, get yourself right with God. Get your estate planning going. And thirdly, live an extraordinary marriage now. Now, eventually, we'll all be in an eternity, and we'll we'll have a blast up there. But let's have fun now. All right. So for all of you. Those of you who've done the seven days of sex challenge, we need to hear from you. Call us, 858-336, Am I, is that the right number? 858-
0: 576.
2: Uh, no, is it 576? 876. Jeez Louise. Okay, back up. 858-876-5663. Ask Tony at OneExtraordinaryMarriage.com if you wanna get a hold of me.
0: Ask Elisa at com if you wanna get in touch with me.
2: And if we don't get to you quickly, know that we read them, know that we're praying for you, and we will respond. This coming up weekend, we are at Marriage Retreat. Hallelujah. And we will have lots of fun stuff to talk to you guys about after that one. So we love you guys. Spread the word. Tell your spouse you love them. Tell your kids you love them. Tell your mom and dad you love them. And know that we love you. Have a great week.
1: Thanks for listening to the One Extraordinary Marriage Podcast. We would love to hear from you. You can go ahead and give us a call at area code 858-876-5663 or send us an email to info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. The website is oneextraordinarymarriage.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for our Marriage Minute Monday newsletter and you can also purchase Tony and Elisa's new book, Stripped Down. It's available now in print, audio, and ebook formats. Also, the One Extraordinary Marriage podcast has sponsorship opportunities available now. If your business is interested in sponsoring this podcast, please contact us at oneextraordinarymarriage.com.